Lord, our heart burns only for you. Lord, I pray that today, that in areas that we need to be reset today, that we'd be reset, Lord God. That we'd be refocused, we'd be, we'd be rejuvenated, Lord God, in our spirit today, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd help us today to understand the importance of our heart, Lord Jesus. And having a heart for you, Lord God, a heart after you, Lord, more than anything else. That we'd seek you with the entirety of our heart. We'd love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength. And Lord, I pray that today as we look at your word, that you would speak to each one of us, Lord. Encourage us, build us, challenge us, Lord God. Challenge mindsets, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that there would be revival in us, Lord. That our hearts would be strengthened today. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. I just love the power of the Holy Spirit. Something that you just can't replicate. The power of the Holy Spirit. Lindsay, I thought that was a fantastic offering today. You've got such a Father's heart. Such a heart. Such a pillar in this church for people and to see the generations come through and release is like a releasing spirit that you have it's like when you spend time with you Lindsay, you walk in like this and then after spending time with you you just feel like you've just got the weight of the world off your shoulder there's so much encouragement you put courage into people and i want to honor that today Lindsay. you're an absolute gift to this church and we uh, we honor you and we thank you for all that you do sam tucker i just felt the holy spirit whisper to me in worship not to be fearful of the future now it says in Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, that I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for hope and a future. And you know what? So often that we can be so conditioned to thinking about the negatives. We can think about the things that are going wrong in our world. We can think about the things that could happen, the what ifs. And I really believe the Holy Spirit's going to take you to places where you're not going to know all the answers. You love to have the details and the answers and the security of knowing what's going to happen. But you've got an adventure that's lying out ahead of you that you don't know all the details. And that's the joy of the journey that the Holy Spirit has got you. He's holding you. He's taking you into this next step and this next phase and this next season, this future that he's got for you. He's taking you into a thing where you don't have, you can't walk, you can't walk in this any longer. It's actually, it's got too deep and it's just going to take you into the flow of your future. And I want to trust, encourage you to keep trusting God. Just hold on to him because he's got great plans for you. Don't let fear or worry or any of those things cling to you. Because what God's got for you is a future and a hope in Jesus' name. We love you, Sammy. You're a legend. You're a legend. Ah, so good. You can take a seat today. Well, we start our new series today. My life, my responsibility. Actually, before Mikey gets off stage, I just want to brag about him for a moment. Just this week, he's been selected from Hillsong College to go and represent Hillsong College in Indonesia. And uh, so he's going to go over there and uh, he's representing the college and talk to students and talk to people that would be potential students to come along and be part of that. And I thought, how cool is that? We're so proud of you, Mikey. You're an absolute legend. Come on, give him a hand. Awesome. My life, my responsibility. 
can kind of feel like a condemning kind of title because we can think about all the things that we've done wrong in our lives. We can think about the choices that we've made, the areas and the times where we haven't taken responsibility, the times where we've blamed others, the times where we've put our burden on others, or the times that we've sinned and we haven't got it right. It can kind of feel like a condemning kind of uh, title. Well, I guess this morning what I wanted to do is I want to break that myth and I want it to, to feel like an empowering kind of title today. I want us to understand that God's given us a life. He's given us a future. He's given us a destiny and a calling on every one of our, of our lives. And we've all got a decision to make to take on the responsibility of that or not. I love that it says in, sorry, I love that Winston Churchill said this, responsibility is the price of greatness. Responsibility is the price of greatness. You know, when it comes to our faith in the life of following Jesus Christ, 99% of all of it is done by Jesus Christ. His grace, his forgiveness, his love that chases us down, no matter how far we try and run from him, all of that is done by Jesus Christ. But it does say in scripture that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, there's a part that we play in the process. We must confess our sins. You know, it says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. We shall be saved because of the 1% of that work that we do and when we acknowledge Jesus Christ, where we turn from our sin and we give our life over towards Jesus Christ. 99% of the work's done by him. Our salvation, our redemption, all of that stuff is looked after by Jesus Christ, but we have a responsibility to choose to follow Jesus. It's my life and it's my responsibility. Do you know the Holy Spirit is a gentleman? He doesn't make you do anything. That's why there was the choice in the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve to choose to, to take that, that fruit from the tree where Jesus said, hey, that's, that's a tree I, I advise you not to go near. I advise you not to eat from that tree. But you have the choice to do what you want to do. You know, choice is one of the most powerful things that we have been given as human beings. The choice to choose. Because if love is forced on you, there's no choice anymore. But the powerful thing about each one of us is our life of faith in Jesus Christ is a choice that we make. It's a responsibility that we take on to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would take up our cross and follow him. His love, his forgiveness, his redemption, the power of Jesus Christ, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, his grace, his enabling power, that's all done by Jesus Christ. But we still have to make the decision to choose him. My life my responsibility. So often we can find ourselves blaming other people. We live in a society today where we blame so easily. We blame our churches, we blame our governments, we blame our friends, we blame our family, we can blame our parents, we can blame our circumstances, we can blame our past, we can blame our pain, we can blame what they did to me. We can so easily find ourselves in a cycle of blaming If that didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be here today. If my parents hadn't died, I wouldn't be in this situation feeling so down. If things things hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't be where I am right now. But they did. 
And you cannot control the circumstances that have happened to you, but you can control the decision that you make. And you can control your future when it comes to you making the decision to serve Jesus Christ and step into the calling and the destiny that he has for your life. I love John Maxwell. He says it this way, the greatest day in your life and mine is when we take total responsibility for our attitudes. That's the day we truly grow up. And just this week, I was walking into daycare center to drop off Cooper into his room. And as I was walking into the room, I dropped my car keys. As I dropped my car keys, I was trying to hold Cooper at the same time and do the buzzer to get into the childcare. And I dropped my keys on the ground. And they smashed on the ground and I, I picked them up. I put it back together. My key had kind of come off. I put it back in together, took him in, dropped him off. And then I came back into my car and then my car wouldn't start. And so it's like, and I'm thinking, oh, my battery, my car must have died. And so I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'll go and see if I can get a new battery for the car. And so when I got a new battery in church, you'd be proud of me. I came back and I actually replaced the battery in my car. Come on. That's worth a, that's worth a shout of praise. But guess what? It didn't work. It wasn't the battery. And so I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? So we get a, a tow truck, a tow truck comes and we move our, get, moves our car to the mechanic and they start looking at the car and they start going through it all. I'm thinking, what's going wrong? I mean, I dropped my key, but could that be part of it? And they said, hold on, you dropped your key. And so they get a copy of, of our, our, our key and they start looking at it and they say, look, listen, what's happened is the mobilizer in it, you've damaged it. And so it's not connecting to the car. And so it's actually your key. It's not your battery that's the problem. But here's the problem that occurred from that, is our spare key, Amy had the spare key, but Amy had lost the spare key. <laughs> and so, we delivered the news, it was like $280 for a new key. And, uh, and I've just paid $200 for a battery in my car, and I've just paid for towing. <laughs> And I'm like frustrated because I'm like blaming. I'm like, why? Like if I wasn't just holding Cooper and then I just didn't, I just, I just held on to my keys properly. And if Amy hadn't lost the keys and if I hadn't gone and bought a battery and put the battery in the car and if I hadn't done this and I'm blaming everyone else. But I dropped the key. It was me that did it. It wasn't Amy's fault that she'd lost the key. It was my fault that I dropped the key that I had. That was my responsibility. It was my car. It was my key. And I dropped it. And how often we find ourselves blaming our husband, our wife, our friends, our family. We can, bl- we can blame so many things. But I think the real power of our purpose is taking responsibility for our life and stepping in to the calling God has for our lives. I don't know whether you've ever been flicking through TV at night and this show comes up called Embarrassing Bodies. And you don't want to watch it, but you just get sucked into it. And before you know it, it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and you've watched 20 minutes of the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. And you're thinking to yourself, why am I watching this? And usually what's happened is 
Somebody has not gone to the doctor because they just thought it'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. They haven't got it assessed. They haven't got it checked up. And then they find themselves in this situation where they go and visit this embarrassing bodies doctor and there's a huge problem because they never got a proper checkup. And today I want to talk about your heart and giving your heart a checkup because I want to talk specifically today about my heart, my responsibility. Do you know that God does a whole bunch of stuff for us, but he doesn't make the decisions for our heart. We make the decisions for ourselves. It says in the Bible to guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Guard your heart. It's your heart. It's nobody else's heart. It's not the person's next to you's heart. It's not the city church's heart. It's your heart. It's your responsibility to look after it, to nurture it, to guard it. How weird would it be? If all of the things that you put around your house to guard your house, you've got fences, you've got a security system, perhaps if you're a celebrity, you've got you know, people that are uh, outside in the cars looking after, your, looking after your house. But how weird would it be if about 1am in the morning you got up in the morning to go and get some milk out of the fridge and you saw Ben in your house just kind of, just kind of, parading the, the, the parameters of your house and going through and standing near the front door and be like, Ben, what are you doing in my house at 1am in the morning? And I'd be like, I'm just guarding your house. I'm just looking after your house. I'm just making sure that it's safe. It'd kind of be weird because it's not my house. You'd be thinking, how did you get into my house and why are you looking after my house? It's my house. Well, it's kind of like that with our heart. Nobody else can do it for you. It's a decision that you must make for yourself to guard your heart. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We guard so many of our great possessions. We guard our cars with security alarm systems. We guard our houses with fences and security and and making sure that things are safe. We guard all of these things that are valuable, but so often we don't guard our heart, which is the most valuable thing that we have. Do you know that my joy is my responsibility? It's nobody else's. My joy is my job. My, my peace, making sure that I, I, I'm filled on the inside, that is my decision. You know that old song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart today, and I'm so happy. So very happy. I'm so happy I get to sing in church. (laughs) But I've got the joy down in my heart. I'm not responsible for your joy. I'm responsible for mine. It says in the Bible that the joy of the Lord is my strength. When I focus on him and when I direct my life towards him, that that's a decision that I make. It's my choice. Guard your heart. I love... It says this in Proverbs 27, 19, As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. So how do you assess the state of your heart? Three things this morning. Number one, the first one's this. Your words. If you're wanting to know what's going on in your heart, start taking stock of what you are saying. Because your words will give away what's going on in your heart. It says in Luke 6, verse 45, For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Words are an indicator of the heart. 
If you find yourself being negative with your words, if you find yourself being negative about things and talking negative with your language, then you'll know that there's something going on in your heart that's not right. When you find yourself complaining, when you find yourself whinging, when you find yourself gossiping, when you find yourself frustrated and it's coming out of your words, you know something's not right in your heart. Your words are giving an indication of what's going on on the inside. Do you know that the Bible talks about how we are created to make a joyful noise to the Lord? It says in the Bible to make a joyful noise. It doesn't say make a joyful silence. It says make a joyful noise. There's some things we can only communicate by using our words. Think about a marriage celebration. When it comes to the vows, intentions don't matter. Good intentions do not matter. A smile on the face doesn't matter. It's the vows of the words that are spoken to each other that are the powerful moment In the ceremony, they might come. I've got an intention to love you and serve you for the rest of my life. But it's those words of commitment to each other, those vows that are spoken, that I will stand by you, that I'll be committed to you, that I'll love you no matter what, that are the powerful moments in that ceremony because our words have power. They have power. You know, I love that uh, Tim's already talked to us about Psalm 100 this morning, about making a joyful noise to the Lord and Thanksgiving. We've had a common theme this morning from Lindsay as well in the offering message that we have this decision to make with what we are going to speak out of our mouth. It can be praise or it can be problems. But the choice is ours. What will you speak? Because it's actually showing the health of your heart. I love Matthew 12 verse 34 says, For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Negativity, it's kind of like feeding the seagulls. You know what it's like when you're, you're sitting there and your kids are like, I want to feed the seagulls. And they start feeding and they start, you're thinking, I just want to sit here in peace to eat my lunch. And the next minute you're surrounded by 10,000 seagulls. <laughs> and you're throwing out breadcrumbs and, and they just keep coming back. It's like, I've got no more food, but they just keep coming back, hopeful that you're going to give them some more food. It's like that with negativity. If you keep speaking negative stuff, it's just going to keep coming back to you. It's like feeding the seagulls. We keep thinking negative thoughts. It's just going to keep feeding into our words, into our actions, into our habits, into our lives. And God's got so much more for us than thinking about what's wrong with us, thinking about the negative things that are going on around us in our life, because we have a decision to make to guard our heart. Will you guard your heart? Will you make that decision? You know, in Exodus, it tells the story of the Israelites who come out of Egypt. They've been rescued. Moses takes them out. And God leads him, obviously, to take Moses and, and, and bring Israel, the Israelites and God's people out of captivity under Pharaoh. And they've come out of systematic torture. They've come out of a situation where the children will be tortured, where there's hard labor, where they're getting whipped and beaten, and many of them were getting killed. And they come out of that situation, and then they find themselves in a bit of hardship. And what happens? Their polluted heart starts to come out in their words. It says in Exodus 16, verse 2 to 3, The whole company of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. The people that had just rescued them, the people that had just delivered them out, here they are complaining. They're in the wilderness. The Israelites said, Why didn't God let us die in comfort? 
hold on, hold on. That wasn't comfortable. Systematic torture, seeing your kids being beaten. You were whipped and beaten. Many of your relatives were killed. Hard labor, that's not comfortable. But it's amazing how the past seems comfortable. And we can get caught there and forget about the future and the destiny God has for us in front of us. Right now, today, today is the day the Lord has made. We can't keep looking back to the past and find our destiny there because today is the day the Lord has made. It says, you've brought us up into this wilderness to starve us to death. The whole company of Israel. They complained. They whinged. They were frustrated. But they forgot that they'd just been delivered. And we cannot forget the hope of our salvation in Jesus Christ. That we live with a purpose and a destiny and enthusiasm on the inside. A passion for life that comes out of our words. That praise starts to come out and it penetrates through any problems that we might face. When we start to understand the power of praise, the power of our words to bring life and vitality, to bring strength, to bring encouragement to other people and to see people build and grow, to see our own lives built and grow. What do we say about ourselves? Sometimes we can be so negative. We can be so down on ourselves. Proverbs fifteen twenty eight says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The second thing this morning is this, your weight, your words, your weight. I'm not talking about your physical weight this morning. We're not going to get some scales out and measure everyone's weight this morning. Although in the Old Testament, if you were a bigger person, it meant that you were blessed because you had so much food. (laughs) What I'm talking about, have you ever heard the, the term to put your weight behind something, to put your weight into it? And when it comes to our lives and understanding the health and the state of our heart, It can be seen by what you put your weight into, the weight of your thoughts, the weight of your sacrifice, the weight of your time, the weight of your resources. All of those things tell the story of what's going on in your heart. I think about Jeanette Browning and I think about the absolute hero she is to this church. She's serving God in Guinea. You don't have to question where her heart is. Because the weight of her time, her finances, her resources, her energy, the weight of that is put into that, that, that area in Guinea where she's serving God and serving the people. We're not questioning ourselves, what does, what does Jeanette have a heart for? <laughs> We're not all wondering what's going on in her heart. Where, where is she focused on? We know. You can spend two seconds with her and you'll hear how much she's got a heart for people in Guinea. It's because she puts her weight her resources, her time, her thoughts, her sacrifice into that. What do you put your thoughts into? What do you put your resources into? Your time. So many of us can get caught up with work and the busyness of our schedules and those things. And Before we know it, we can assess our life and that's becoming more of a priority than the significant people in our world. Before we know it, we can find ourselves focused on achieving a work mission than we can achieving the purpose for our lives. And I'm not saying that that's bad. There's times and seasons for everything. But let's not forget why we are put on earth. To love God and to love people. Let's not forget the mission that's been given to each one of us. Matthew 6 verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure, your time, your sacrifice, your commitment, where that is, your heart will be also. 
See, so many people that just put themselves into to work and it's fantastic or put themselves into a hobby and it's fantastic, but let's not forget to put our weight behind our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's not forget to put our weight behind our, our family. Let's not forget to, to have a focus and a commitment to the great commission that Jesus Christ has said to us. The last word that he spoke to us is the church, that we would go out to all the world and make disciples. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget the weight of responsibility that we all have. We have to guard our heart and make sure. I love that Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and strength. That we'd put our weight behind making sure that happens. Now, I remember the first time that I ever shot a rifle. And I I remember shooting it. But just before I, I shot it, someone said to me, Make sure that you don't get too close to the scope. Put the, put the gun into your shoulder. Make sure that it leans into that because otherwise it'll come back. And uh, me kind of just not listening to what had been said, I just shot that thing as quick as I could. And the recoil came back and the scope came back and bang, hit me straight in the eye, cut my eye open, cut the top of my eye open. There's blood gushing down my face. All the boys behind me are laughing their heads off. Because they just told me to be careful and to make sure that I got prepared for the recoil. That I got prepared when I pulled the trigger, the recoil would come. It's kind of the same when we put our lives into the weight of worry and fear. When we pull the trigger on those things, there's a recoil that comes back and causes us damage. When we focus on those things too much, we can find ourselves pulling the trigger on fear, worry, doubt, confusion. We keep pulling the trigger on it. We can find ourselves in a whole bunch of pain, anxiety, stress, fears. They start swirling around in our mind and we start putting more weight to them. We start putting more thought to them. And before we know it, they cause us damage. We've got to guard our heart. We've got to guard our thoughts. So you know what, I'm, I'm not going to dwell on that. What, what's something that I can think about that's praiseworthy? What's something that I can think about where I can just focus my attention on that? Because I want to be somebody that's elevating Jesus, that's living a life that's building. So often we can get so caught in our past, we can't see the future. You know, the white-tailed deer has the ability to jump at a height of between 8 to 12 foot high. But they are contained in fences, in zoos and places all over the world by fences that are about five foot high, six foot high. Because they have a fear of jumping over the fence. They have the ability on the inside of them to be able to do it easily. And they do it in the wild all the time. But when they see a fence, they see a barrier there and they see a barrier to their future and they will not jump over it. And sometimes our past is like that. It's like a barrier to our future. It's like it's holding up this thing where, oh, I can't get over that. I can't because of what that person did to me, because of what happened to me. I can't jump over that. But when we understand that God's given us all that we need to be able to jump over it, to be able to jump over our past and step into our future and do it with confidence and boldness. It changes the way that we see things. What are you putting your weight behind? Your fears, your worries, or your doubts? Or God's calling, God's word, his promises, his purpose for your life? Because one's going to build you and help you jump into your future, and the other's going to contain you and hold you back from what God's called you to do in your life. And third and finally, this morning, Your words give an indication of your heart. What you put your weight behind gives an indication of your heart. 
And finally this morning, your wow. Had to be with W, right? (laughs) Your wow. Your sense of awe, amazement. You see a child and you see how they're just in awe of something. When they open a present, when they see a beautiful thing, when when there's a moment that happens or they come to a, a big playground equipment and they see it and they're just like, wow. That excitement that's on the inside, sometimes as an adult, we lose it. We lose our wow for God. We lose our wow for each other. We can lose our wow for our spouse. It's funny how we can have people over for dinner and they can talk about, oh, you've got such a beautiful house. Oh, you've got such a beautiful family. Oh, such a beautiful meal that's been cooked tonight. And they can concentrate on all of the great things. But you have that every day and you don't thank God for it. Or perhaps you don't thank your wife for cooking you a great meal or your husband. Because we can get so complacent. We can find ourselves just losing our sense of wow and our awe. I think about church services. I love our church services. But we should never lose our wow for the Holy Spirit to come and move in our services. To say, you know what, we've got a run sheet, but you know what? If that's the run sheet, throw it down there. Because the Holy Spirit wants to do something. Let's let him do what he wants to do in his church. The Holy Spirit can do what he wants. And we should never be confined by a run sheet holding us back and not allowing us to do what, allowing the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, you know, all of those things, baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to never, ever, ever, ever as a church lose our wow and our awe in those areas. Understanding that the Holy Spirit could come in a moment and do something. And bring a life change more than a two-hour message ever could. You know, sometimes just spending time in worship can be more powerful than any other moment in the service. As we just allow the Holy Spirit to come and do something on the inside of us. It's powerful. You know, I want to encourage you, don't lose the wow in every element of our services on a Sunday. You know, when it comes to our worship time, it's kind of like, it's so easy to kind of just... You know, by default, when we've done it a million times, we can just be sitting there or standing there and just be like, Timmy Campbell, what have you got for me today? (laughs) That's not my preferred key. (laughs) And I don't like the song that's being sung today. And we find ourselves upset with the song, upset with the key, upset with the way Tim Campbell's leading today. (laughs) But we just forgot Actually, we didn't come for us. The song's not for us. The song's for Jesus Christ. The song's for Him. The reason that we come and worship is for Jesus Christ. It says, make a joyful noise. If we don't, the rocks will cry out. If we don't make a decision to serve Jesus Christ and shout, have a shout of praise, then the rocks will cry out. Make a joyful noise. Come to His courts with thanksgiving and with praise. Then Timmy Campbell gets down. Someone jumps up for the prayer and praise request. Oh, here we go. Here's a list of things that they're going to go through, and we're just going to go through the motions. Hold on. A miracle could take place today. 
Someone could be healed of a disease today. Someone could get up out of a wheelchair today. God's done it before and he'll do it again. He could do that today. This is a powerful moment. This is a moment where I'm going to believe in faith. I'm going to trust God for a miracle. I'm going to believe together that my faith joined with yours. Jesus Christ could do something today that could change, that could break things open, that could do something powerful in this place. Ah, now it's announcements time. I guess we can switch off there. But I'm excited about the future. I have an anticipation about Connections Conference. I believe it's going to strengthen families and change lives and do something powerful in people's lives as they understand what it means to serve God in connection and in relationship with each other. So I can't switch off now because I'm too excited. I'm passionate. And by this time, it's just going, offering time. Whoa, now I'm really pumped because Lindsay's just got up today. And he's reminded me that it's about being thankful. He's reminded me that it's not about me, but it's about the generations to come. He's reminded me that there is a purpose to this moment. It's just not a financial transaction. This is a moment. This is a wow moment, an awe moment that God would use me and you on the earth today to be able to use our resources and our finances and our time to do something powerful in our generation. So I can't rest right now. I can't calm down because I'm just too excited about the offering message. (coughs) And then there's that little one song. That we do before the preacher gets up. It's like, all right, it's just the three minutes I have to get through until the preacher gets up. No, this is a moment where I have anticipation in my heart. I'm preparing my heart. I'm readying myself for the word. I'm getting, making sure that the soil is good for the word of God to come and be implanted in my life today. So I'm going to soak in this song. I'm going to worship with all that I've got. I'm not seeing it as a three minute in between song. I'm seeing it as a moment to seek God. And by the time Ben gets up, there's no energy left. I'm done. But then the word of God comes, and I'm not sitting back going, what's he got today? Ben's going to tell me another 20,000 stories. It's not going to be deep enough. (laughs) On that, (laughs) depth is relationship and obedience, not knowledge. I'm not saying that because anyone said that, by the way. but we have the decision in the word of God to allow it to come into our life. It says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living and active. So when we read the word of God, it's not just some kind of book. I remember when I was at school, friends used to say to me, what happens when you've read the book? What happens when you finish it once? Is that it? And I'm like, no, it's living and active. It's powerful. You could read it tomorrow and something else could jump out because it's living and active. It's like the gorilla that was here in church. It's living and active. It's jumping around everywhere. It's exciting. There's a revelation, a rima word, a now word ready for you every day. says God's mercies are new every morning. He has something ready for you. God wants to do something powerful in your life as you open up the word of God. These moments where we spend time in God's presence and we receive the word of God, they're moments where things change and we don't even realize how deep the change is in our life. And then we finish the service with a salvation prayer. We do this every week though. But isn't it the most important thing we do? 
where we make sure that our lives are right with Jesus Christ. We make sure that we've prayed the sinner's prayer and that our lives are aligned with Jesus. It's not a moment to leave the service and get on to our day. It's not a moment to think, oh, I'm going to have KFC for lunch. It's a moment (laughs) to think about Jesus and realign our lives with him. I've got rid of my notes, so I can't keep going. (laughs) But I remember what I started with. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. You can guard so many other things, but the most important thing you can do is take responsibility for your heart, your attitude, your thoughts, your life. It's your responsibility. Nobody else can make those decisions for you. It's only you. Your words, your weight, and your wow. The indications of what's going on on the inside. But you know that only God really knows what's going on on the inside. It says man looks at the outward appearance in the Bible, but God looks at the heart. He looks beyond the surface. He looks to see what's really going on on the inside. You know what I'm believing for this morning? I'm believing for a revival in our hearts. You know, when David said after he had messed up and committed adultery with Bathsheba, he said, God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And many of us have messed up, made mistakes, done things wrong, or perhaps just drifted off course and perhaps just got comfortable with just going through the motions just doing what we usually do and forgetting our wow. Perhaps we forgot that. Well, this morning, let's allow a revival in our heart. Whose responsibility is a revival? God's or ours? We might say, well, it's God's responsibility. He's got to come and do it. But you've still got to make a decision to partner with that. you still got to make a decision to step into that. You've still got to make a decision to, to be in that revival and allow something to transfer in your life. So I would say a revival in our heart is our decision because we can all make that decision. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in him. That's my decision today. That's nobody else's. That's not God's decision. That's my decision. My heart my responsibility. You know what my dream is? The heart of City Church would be healthy. And that means that all of our hearts would be healthy. That we'd understand that we've got to guard our heart. It's got to be healthy and it's got to be strong so that we can have a healthy expression. And it's nobody else's responsibility other than our personal responsibility. So would you stand with me this morning? Praise God. Come on. Let's reach out our hands this morning. Lord Jesus, this morning we we so don't want to go through the motions. We don't want to just do another experience of prayer at the end. But Lord, we want to make decisions today in our minds, in our hearts right now to walk out of this place different today. 
Lord, that there would be a revival that starts on the inside of us, Lord God, where we've perhaps lost our wow, perhaps our words have spoken about our critique and our negativity, Lord. Perhaps our weight has been thrown around in the wrong areas and we find ourselves today in a place where we need to make a huge adjustment or even a slight adjustment to come back to your presence and your power, to come back to what it's all about. It's all about you, Jesus. Sorry, Lord, for what I've made it, but it's all about you. And Lord, I pray that today we take responsibility for our hearts. In this moment of worship at the end, Lord Jesus, it wouldn't just be a mundane, run-of-the-mill closing song, but it would be a lean-in in our heart to you, Holy Spirit, and to say, today I want, a, I want a fresh touch. I want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. I want a fresh touch of your presence on my life. I'm not comfortable just to stay dry any longer. I don't want to live in the desert in my heart. Lord, I want a fresh touch of your spirit today. Lord, I want you to do something powerful in me today. Renew my thoughts, Lord God. Renew my mind, Lord God. Refresh my heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Lord, I'm not done yet. I'm just getting started. Lord, my best days are not behind me. My best days are ahead of me, Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in the past. And I thank you for the generations that have come through. But I thank you, Lord, that the future is better than it's ever been. I thank you, Lord God, that you've got great things ahead for City Church, Lord Jesus. There's a new river flowing, Lord God. River of your presence and your power and your provision, Lord God, in this place. A new day, Lord Jesus, that you're opening up, Lord God, your presence and your power. A miracle day, a supernatural day, a day where the prodigals come home. A day, Lord Jesus, where we get refreshed and there's a revival in our hearts. A day of breakthrough. And that day is now. And we declare it and we believe it. Individually and corporately today, we step into this future. We step into today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we're going to pray the sinner's prayer this morning. And I don't know where you sit in your heart today, but I do know this. The most powerful thing we can ever do is have a genuine, vital, real, relevant, today relationship with Jesus Christ. And so as I pray this prayer today, and as you believe in your heart, I'm going to ask you to pray this with me and let's make a decision to realign our lives with Jesus Christ today as we conclude the service. Repeat this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my heart. Help me to live for you. Sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.